You're now listening to Agency, brought to you by the Blueprint Training Podcast Network. I want to help people avoid the feeling of like drowning before they get out, right? Like you don't have to be completely underwater before you make the move. Because either that's the two things that push us forward here, right? It's like, I'm totally drowning. I need help. Or we just extend the goalposts forever. Like when I make X amount of money, when I do this, when I have the X amount of clients, like we just find reasons to move the goalposts of like, like, are you going to make a million dollars a year by yourself before you hire somebody? Like that's where my brain is, where it's like, I I bet I could get to a million before I hire a salesperson. I bet I could get to a million before I hire like whoever. And I'm paying people right now to do stuff. Like I have somebody that helps with delivery I have somebody, I have people that help with my newsletter, people that do community management. But in terms of like those things that I like hold super close, like the sales process and stuff, like, how do you think about that? Well, I mean, the first thing I would say is that you are telling yourself that you bet that you can get to a million without a salesperson, but I bet you get to 5 million faster with a salesperson, you know? So Mm -hmm. I think so much of, especially in this space, and I'm actually going through now and I'm working directly with our media buyer on coming up with a whole new set of campaigns and angles. And one of the things that we're kind of flushing out is this concept, the SEO's mentality, right? Which is very much so, and people get mad when I say this, but it's very much so an employee's mentality. And I don't mean that as, as a derogatory statement. It just means that a lot of people didn't got into this business without the traditional entrepreneur mindset or training which is like get capital, spend capital, grow at all costs, right? Whereas here, it's like, I have a skill, people are paying me for it. It's essentially a job. Like consulting is essentially a job. Until you actually have people and staff, you really kind of have a job. You work for your clients basically, right? And I think a lot of people get stuck in that because they want to hoard everything for themselves and you get to a point where you've got, you know, maybe a VA or a couple people helping you out here and there to deliver the work but a lion's share of it still falls on you because you're trying to hoard that cash for yourself, which is totally understandable because you're making more money than you've ever made before. But at some point you've got to make that decision. And that's really what it is. You've got to make the decision that you're going to invest in the business and you're going to take money out of your pocket. And then when you get stuck in the situation where you're like, I'm going to do it, you know, like we actually just replaced our salesperson at the agency because he wasn't cutting it. And I could have easily been like, you know what, like I'm going to step in and do it. But like, no, I'm not going to do that, you know, because that's just putting another crutch on the business. So, in short, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a decision that you have to make. And you also kind of have to get to the point where you know for yourself, like what's enough is enough, both in terms of money, right? In terms of how much money do you need to make? How much do you want to make? And then also just mentally, like, what's your breaking point? I need a sustainable business. I don't want to have a job where I'm a slave to my computer. And it's also kind of stepping into being a true entrepreneur. If you don't invest in it, if you don't put the people in the systems in place, then you're also going to get stuck to a point where like your business is going to cool down at some point. Right. And then yeah. you're going to be stuck doing everything. How are you going to innovate on the business? How are you going to change your offer? How are you going to continue to serve your clients in the best way possible? If you're not able to focus on that, you know, that's really to me what the role, the true role of an agency owner is. It's always making sure that you are doing what's best by your clients. The true role of an agency owner to me should be focused on is continuously innovating on your offer. we talked about it previously, the need to develop IP. So how do you think it, from an agency side, not just in SEO, but also like, and not just even marketing, but design and all the other people that we're seeing join Blueprint and have a lot of success. Like, how do you, how do you think about creating IP? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, the way that I think about it, 
my, my like new North star is, am I making my clients money period? So when we're talking about like what services map to that or like, how do we do that? It doesn't matter. It should be the fastest and most cost-effective thing to make them more money. For me, it starts with that. And I ha you have to understand, I have enough marketing experience and business experience now to know how to map something to an ICP like attorneys, like SAS, that's going to drive to do that. Right. And then from there, it's really, to me, it's just about kind of putting your own like thesis, your own messaging, whatever you want on top of that to make it feel like it's yours. Cause I don't own SEO. I don't own paid search. I don't own any of these things. I'm not creating services. I'm not creating a category. I'm not creating anything new, right? I'm taking something, but I'm, I'm building it specifically for my ICP. So that makes them feel like it's theirs, right? Which could be classified as like IP, but at the same time, I don't classify it as IP because everything I fucking do gets stolen by somebody. You know what I'm saying? So for me, there's no real true IP as an agency because we're not, we're, we're building everything that we do on something that already exists, right? Like there's nobody who's going out there and creating a new marketing tactic or channel, right? We're just building on top of what's already out there, but who you do it for and how you do it. And especially how you communicate it is really what it comes down to from like an IP point of view. That's really how you build your own IP, right? And it does go back to these same things. It starts with your positioning, the who, right? Like who is it? What problems do they have? And then what do you need to do in terms of your offer to get them there? And what service do you need to map and productize to get there? And then layering the message that makes it unique on top of that, right? Like how do you communicate that to your ICP in a way that really nobody else is doing? That to me is how you, the only type of IP that, in, unless we're talking about like creating software and stuff like that, but I don't, you don't need to go down that route, you know? Right. The way I'm thinking about it is I'm trying to like challenge myself. I have ideas and like pieces of it. By the time people listen to this, like I'll, I'll already be done. So it's fine to share it. I have this idea around like unsafe content, like content in B2B SaaS marketing is very safe all the time. It's why the CEO of animals kind of quit, right? Like yep. all anybody wants to make is the safest shit possible. What does unsafe content look like? What does, there's also a huge problem in with my clients where like marketers just don't have time to do any sort of creative work. It's another thing that leads to safe content. Like, it's just like, let's just keep churning out the same stuff. We all say on LinkedIn that we want to like do creative work, but then we all go back to our desks and make the same, like we toil away at the same crap. There's something there. I don't know what it is yet, but like, that's kind of how I start thinking about it is like, what's broken. It might not even map directly to my services. I think sometimes we think too literally right? Like if I'm an SEO agency or design agency or whatever, you know, I, I'm an ad agency. We're like, oh, my stuff has to map, like whatever I'm talking about has to map directly to services. I think that's a key point of this too, right? In terms of the offer, you're taking a step back and you're saying fundamentally content and even being self-aware too, like, and the content that we've been recommending is broken, right? It still might work a little bit now, especially for the right type of companies. But in the next year or so, I don't foresee this working, right? So you're going back to your ICP and you're saying, what's broken there? That's step one, right? Like what else could we do better, right? What could, what, what is it that they're doing that's not driving to ultimately what they want the most, which is more X, more SQLs, more leads, whatever it is that, they, that they're hiring you for. Now you're looking at how you can, I think you're taking it one step too fast. So now you're saying, what's the thesis that I can put on top of that? As opposed to what do I need to do to fix that, right? Like what type of content should they be creating? Right. And I think that's where a lot of people get hesitant because they're like, well, I don't want to add a new service. I don't want to do video marketing, but that's where, again, like you have to go back into it and you have to be like, look, if I'm going to stay, if I had my own SaaS company and I had budget to spend, what would I do to make more money? 
right? And that's what you ultimately have to build your offer around. It doesn't all have to be a done for you service. A good example of that is in my consulting, like you have to hire a content person to do video. If you want to work with me, I will not accept anything less period. And that's not because of anything aside from the fact that I don't think you can get to where you want to get to. I can't get you to where you want to get to unless you have somebody creating video content fucking period. I can't do it for you. I won't do it for you. <laughs> you need somebody to do it, but I will work with them on a weekly basis to make sure that they are ideating, creating, always improving on the content, that, the video content they're creating. That opens up a whole new opportunity, right? For them to build a thesis on top of it. So the thesis comes at the end after you've got everything together. So I think for you, I know we've talked about this a little bit before, but like there's so much stuff that you do on LinkedIn that's not incorporated into your service. And I think it's not incorporated into your service because you haven't really thought through how, what's a scalable way that I could get clients to actually do this, right? Mm -hmm. You can help them come up with topics. You can train them on it, but you know that they're not going to do it. How do you fix that problem? That is ultimately the problem that you want to dive into too. It's not like, it's easy to understand that like, Hey, blog content's dying. People like AI is here. It's the next year. It's going to take things over. That's just a leeway into the conversation. But then what is it that they should be doing and how can you enable that? The problem with maybe SEO specifically is like, we've had a very long timeline and I keep wanting to like adapt this to more than just SEO, but like. This is true for every agency, like design agencies have run the same for like 20 years. So have SEO agencies, like not a lot, as much as we're like, oh, the game has changed. It really hasn't. Like it's in SEO, it's content and links in design. It's like brainstorm, wireframe, approval, front end, back end. It's the same process they've been running this whole time. And it's like, maybe it's time that we rethink some of those things. hundred percent. And I can give some, give some examples too, because I, I don't want people to think that I'm bashing on SEO because I'm not. And I'm going to give you two examples of when SEO is still option for that, that business, right? So there's two examples that come to mind. One, I have a new consulting client. They do commercial lighting solutions. So like Amazon warehouse, like massive 10,000 square feet warehouses, right? The, they are very, they're unable to draw on an ICP because it could be a warehouse. It could be a, a franchise chain. So we've like kind of figured out industries that they can work with, but it's really difficult to do any sort of outbound for these people because it's usually run by billionaires who are like, I don't care about the lighting dude. Like, you know, it's, it's really difficult to get in touch from a sales or like a targeted marketing point of view with ads, stuff like that. Yeah. It's in like that case, though, the lighting, like we don't know. Exactly. But in that case, what, what's the best option to drive leads? Even if it's a deal in paid search for people that are putting themselves in market, you know, we don't know who they are, but they are putting themselves in market by saying, I want to replace my lighting in my commercial place. Boom. <laughs> SEO's king. Like that is a space where you can still exploit and make people money better than anything else, any other marketing tactic, right? That's one example. Another example, my wife, she has a short-term Airbnb management rental company, right? So they, if you have a investment property, they will do all the management. They take 20%, right? Uh, blah, blah, blah. Same thing there. <laughs> you know, like it's very difficult. Like who has a rent, who owns like investors, real estate agents are like some ICPs that you go after, but like the sales cycle now is so slow. It's like when they have a property available after they close, after they renovate it, then maybe we'll reach out to you. It's just unpredictable and it's wildly unsuccessful from a traditional sales and marketing point of view. However, what's left search engine marketing. When people are saying I need a Airbnb rental management company, boom, again, a perfect opportunity for search, right? These are like, this is what I want people to start thinking about, right? Is that I'm not telling you to not do SEO. 
What I am telling you to do though, is to really sit back and think if what you are doing is making people more money, right? And especially in those industries too, where there's less competition, there's less eyeballs, like there's less volume, but still that client is kind of locked into an agreement with you because you're the best bet, you know? And that's the exact, as bad as that sounds like that's the exact situation that you want to be in as opposed to swimming the same way that everyone is in like B2B SaaS. I'm not picking up B2B SaaS. This is a lot of industries, right? But like everyone's doing the same thing. Everyone's it's everybody. It's, it's legal. It's dental. It's any, any like high profit client that you could work with. Like the 99% of them are doing the same shit. A hundred percent. Right. So that's what this conversation is all about. It's saying like, if you're stuck, cause not everyone is like some people just got their niche owned, you know what I'm saying? Like people crush it with dentists, people crush it with attorneys, people crush it with SAS. So I'm not telling you not to do it, but I am saying that if you are stuck and you're stagnant, it's you're not looking, you're just not thinking about the problem the right way. It all comes back to, am I making my clients more money? Is this really the best option, right? If you do SEO, you're dead set on doing it. You refuse to adapt or change or, or learn a different font service. That's fine. I totally understand that. I really do. But like, you have to be more mindful of who you're selling it to. And that's probably why you're stuck. That's really what it comes down to. It's really about making people more money. That's often forgot because in SEO, like we're so into the tactics. We're so into the process. We're so into the community. We're so into the events. We're so into shiny new objects, but like that just kicks dirt over the fact that like, and people don't like it when I say like, you're here to make people money y'all. That's the whole point of this shit. You know, like keyword rankings don't matter. Like the software doesn't matter. These links don't matter. What matters is, are you making them more money? So you can be doing all this work and charging all this money, but ultimately not getting that to where they need to get to. And that's probably why you're not going to have a long-term business, you know? So again, I'm not picking on SEO. This is really everyone too, because it's the same thing with Facebook ads. It's the same thing with CRO. It's the same thing with LinkedIn marketing, right? Like it's not the best fit for everyone. You have to really understand who that best fit is for. And you have to build your business around that. Cause if you don't, if you don't, <laughs> you're just making it so much harder for yourself than it needs to be period. You know? Yeah. I think that I, I posted something on, <clears throat> on LinkedIn this morning around like people really just want two things. Like at the end of a sales process, when you, when you drill down to like the deepest part, well, no matter, literally no matter what you're selling, people want two things. They want security and they want control. Right. And it could be control over different things. It could be security from something or with something like there's a lot of different, there's even more depth to go into, but people want security and control. And that's why they're hiring you, right? Because they want to feel that for whatever you provide that adds to the level of control they have over their life, their destiny, their business, their job, whatever, their career, and it gives them more security ongoing, you know? So I think like drilling down into those is super interesting and helpful, but that's, that's like the biggest piece of it is just understanding like what you're actually selling. Like we're not selling SEO, we're not selling marketing, we're not selling and you know, the, the, the CPA firm that I'm working with is not selling me financial services. They're selling me peace of mind. I wanted to ask one more thing before we, we jam here. You had said earlier this, you'd said like being able to run an agency for the last 10 years. There's two ways I want to go with this. We're going to go this way first, and maybe we'll, we'll have to table the second question, the follow-up for next time. But I remember it was an absolute game changer for me when I heard on a podcast at one point that a lot of people view on, they don't see it as this, but they get tricked into it. That entrepreneurship is procrastination. They'll build one business to a certain level and it gets hard. So then they start a new project and build it to that level. 
and then it gets hard, and then they build a third project to a certain level, and they're like, I'm an entrepreneur now. Look at my multiple revenue streams. But really, they're just stopping every project when it gets hard. How do you think about that? As somebody who has multiple pieces of their business, how do you think about that entrepreneurship as procrastination? Hey there, real quick, Ryan here, founder of The Blueprint Training. If you are an agency, freelancer, or consultant, we have got the perfect community for you. Our Pro Slack community was built by agencies for agencies, and it is all about creating a network, a support system for fellow agencies and consultants to share knowledge, tips, tricks, templates, and get help from the community. We're here to help remove that anxiety from managing and dealing with clients. We're here to be your security blanket. So if you're interested in checking it out, all you got to do is go to the blueprint.training, hit the big old button that says pro community. That's it. Let's get back to the show. I don't know if I see it as procrastination. It's one thing to say you have kind of, I used to work with somebody who was like ADD and would spend more time spinning off new stuff and coming up with ideas. Yeah, just chronically stuff. starting new projects. This concept of like being a, what is the word they call it? Something entrepreneur, I don't know. Like uh, a serial entrepreneur. Yes, that's exactly it. I, that term makes me cringe because it's like, no, you just haven't, <laughs> like you just haven't really gotten one business for you to pop off that you can focus on, right? Like, but when I hear you, I think there's two sides to it, right? So there's that, somebody who is just like constantly spinning off new things because that's how they think or they're bored or it gets too hard. I don't know if procrastination is the right word, but I don't think that's the right thing to do. It's really, really difficult to grow multiple businesses by yourself at the same time, unless there's like a singular backbone or like vertical integration, right? Which is what I have at Blueprint Webris, right? Like what I do at Webris, we sell at Blueprint. So I don't have to have basically, and I'm able to support myself with, two, with great people around me, right? But what I hear with you is more that you are going through the process of being an entrepreneur, which is starting things. And then you get to a point where it's like, this is really hard and maybe it doesn't have to be this hard or like, this is really hard and I'm not making enough off of it. I went through it too with laces out this shoelace store, e-commerce store. I started a, I saw an opportunity through keyword research. So I was like, damn, like nobody is selling these types of shoelaces for these specific types of sneakers. And there was a lot of search volume around it. So I went to China, bought these shoelaces in the exact specs, put up a WordPress website and started selling them. And I was making like 10 to 20 grand a month at its peak. But it got to a point where I was like, this is never going to get past a certain point. And I'm spending pretty much all my time and energy on this to make like in total profit, like 10 grand a month. And like, like, it's just that you just get to a point where like, this isn't worth my time anymore. Like I can do bigger and better things. Right. So I think the same thing with you, where you went like SEO for the rest of us had a cap on it. It just was never going to get past a certain point. Right. It's a good business. It's a good model. You learned a lot from it. You were able to wipe your hands from that and move on to the next thing, which is growth sprints, which is much bigger and much better, has a much better cap to it, right? So I think it's part of the process of being an entrepreneur, which is understanding when you maybe need to move on to something else versus, oh, I have an idea, which is what you're also talking about. Let me spend some time executing on this when it is the natural, just way that our brains work, when you should push through it. You know, you should focus and double down on it and just get it done. So. I think there's a lot of things happening in that statement. I think this concept of being a serial entrepreneur, honestly, is stupid. Like you just, you only have so much time and energy and you should focus on what is the, the path of least resistant that has the highest ceiling, right? That's why the agency model is so good. Because if you get good at it, once you see the whole playing field, you understand that you can make 20, 40, $50 million a year running this business. If you do it the right way, there isn't really 
a cap on it per se. There's billion dollar agencies out there, right? But if you are chasing things down, like starting a community to sell your time through that, and it's only making you 2000 bucks a month, it's like, what are you doing? You know, <laughs> it's not worth it, you know? And again, I understand everyone thinks differently. Some people really do have ADHD and they constantly have no idea, new ideas. What I always tell people to do, cause I suffer from a little bit myself is just write it down. Like there was this one idea that I had, I flushed out a whole document. I was like, I'm going to go out and get side investment for this. I'm going to go find an investor. I know people with money. Let me flush this out. And I just kind of wrote it out. Sometimes it just needs yeah. time, like get it out of your head, put it down and you know, there's other things that you can do with it. You can create some content around it. You can share it on LinkedIn. You can give it away for free or you can maybe execute it in the future. But I think if it's a really good idea, you know, to me, the best business ideas aren't the ones that are like, oh, I need to do this right now. Like I need to get into AI right now. It's something that's more evergreen, you know? What I do is I just write it down and I let it chill for a while. It's the same thing I do when I see a cool article or a cool tweet or a cool post on LinkedIn is I just drag it into my bookmarks bar and then every six months or something i'm like let's just look at all those and i'll look at them again like instead of like going down some rabbit hole or something or same with youtube videos like if i see a good one click the button watch later my watch yeah. later has probably got like 200 videos on it just to tie a bow on this real quick too i was watching i was watching this tom bilyeu clip shorts hormones was actually on it and i hate keep talking about it but in this wasn't his point too this was from a study so i'll just cite him from the study that he cited and it said like three things that like the most successful in this like one of your typical like successful entrepreneurs have one of them was like inferior no a, a superior complex where they felt like they were better than other people right they felt like they deserved to do something for whatever reason right they had something chipped away at them at some point in their life right whether that's like a lack of parents' attention or like a tragic event in their life that had created an absurd amount of drive and motivation in them that allowed them to push through things. And three was discipline. I think this is like the biggest one that I key in on is discipline because I think we live in such a world where we're so distracted, where it's super easy, plug away on YouTube for three hours, TikTok, whatever it is, right? Continuously just not focusing on what you need to be focusing on. And I really do think that like some of the most successful people right now are the ones that are able to focus, like that are able to push through, that are able to execute and just get stuff done because there's so much productivity tools around you to allow you to build a business in a day. You could like literally set up a business in a day. If you sat down and worked for eight hours straight and that's the whole crux of this too, is that like, when was the last time you were able to sit down uninterrupted and work for hours straight? It, very rarely happens, right? Especially as you grow and you get more stuff done, whatever, blah, blah. So I thought that was like a very interesting point just to kind of what I was talking about in terms of like, you know, ADD businesses and like serial entrepreneurship, like that's all a form of distraction, you know, like folks on the task at hand. We have yeah. both seen people grow businesses that you'd be like, that's a business. And then you're like, oh, they're doing 10 million a year in revenue. Like, oh, and you're like, what? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and it's because they're able to push through. They're able to focus. They're able to get shit done. You know, like you can kind of sell sand to a beach out here if you if you really focus on doing it, you know, Off great offers aside. Like I've seen people with shitty offers make a lot more money than I have. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's because they push through and they execute, you know? Yeah, I'll give you a quick example. One of the things I wrote down recently, I heard Chris Saka, who's like a famous mm -hmm. investor on a podcast, and he has this new thing called the Lower Carbon Fund. It's like a climate, you know, related fund for startups. And I was like, oh, I should look at his portfolio and try to work with all those companies. Right. I was like, what a cool space. He's pretty convinced that this will be the future of, you know, what we're building and all this stuff. I wrote it down. And then like a week later, I was like, that's dumb. Like, just keep doing what you're doing. You don't need to do that. Like, it's neat. It's a neat idea. Keep an eye on it. But like, like what you said, you said vertical integration, right? Same team, same systems, same things. Like, 
it's less of a, it's just a revenue stream for the business. Even though Blueprint and Weberis are, your consulting is separate, like there's still things that overlap, that Venn diagram. I think where we get into dangers where the Venn diagram is not a Venn diagram, yeah, it's just two separate circles, right? 100%. And then I also want to touch on the size thing. I remember I heard, I heard Rich Roll, who's another podcaster that I listened to, talk about being an alcoholic. And he said, being, in, being any sort of addict is equal parts I'm smarter than everybody else, and I'm also a total piece of shit. At all times, I think both of those things. And I remember I like was riding on my bike. I like stopped my bike, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like that's how I feel all the time. Like I am better than everybody else and worse than everybody yeah. else. And I think that aligns to what you were saying about those three traits. Yeah, this is good, man. I, next time, I want to talk about something that we've danced around a little bit, but just this—it's also kind of what we're talking about now—is this idea of like offer design not getting distracted, but also like, how do we bolt on services, right? Like if you're a design agency, how do you add SEO to that? If you're an SEO agency, how do you add content writing? What does that look like? What does that look like for your clients? So I'm excited to talk about that next time. Got a couple other things that we didn't get to today. This will be great. Any, any parting words? No, this is a good, good conversation today, man. Bye brother. We'll talk. Later, Ryan. Look, if your agency is creating more stress than income, you're in the right place. First, make sure you're subscribed to our show so you get notified every week when we publish a new episode. But tell me, do any of these things sound familiar? You get a knot in your stomach every time a client asks a hard question. Are they going to leave? Are they going to cancel? Maybe no one in your life understands the pressure of being a leader. Maybe you want to get to $100,000 a month in revenue without sacrificing your entire personal life. Or maybe you just don't know how to get the big fish clients that you really want. Look, you already know you aren't alone. The hardest part of scaling my agency was not having anyone who was willing and qualified to help me when I needed it. That's why we created the Blueprint Pro community. Get access to a network of experts and agency owners who can answer your questions, give you advice, and share important industry news and insider secrets. Join us at the blueprint.training and click the Pro Community button at the top to apply.